Easter. It's all about the risen Christ, and it's all about living hope, and that living hope that we have. Not living hope, our church, which, by the way, the name of our church is Living Hope, which we had no idea we were going to call it that, but it just works out so well that we are here celebrating Christ, the living Christ, and because of the living Christ, we do have that living hope. And Jesus is alive. He is alive. How good is that? Jesus is alive. And our hope is based all on that solid, that solid evidence that Jesus is alive. And uh, the resurrection of Jesus didn't, wasn't just recorded in the four Gospels or in the Bible, um, in, in the other letters, but it was also recorded in many historical books and documents around that time. And even, even then, uh, even in the Gospels, it talks about 500 people that actually witnessed Christ. 40 days while Je- after Jesus was risen, he walked around and 500 people got to witness Christ walking around alive and risen. And seeing and believing Jesus is really what changed people's lives. And the Bible actually says that blessed are you that you don't see and you believe. You're more blessed when you believe because you haven't seen, but you believe by faith. And it's so powerful. That was a complete transformation of anyone's life. You know, because up until that time, people thought that death was it. Death, you're done. You're in the ground. You're, whether you're buried, whether you're burnt, whether you're embalmed, whatever it might be, that's it. You're finished. And for generations, death was thought, thought to be the last part. I mean, and some generations, some cultures think that you get reincarnated to another uh, animal. But even today, many claim that death and is, that's it. Once it, once you're dead, you're not, you don't get to live. Your soul dies. And we, we, we've seen, I mean, I've read years ago, there was a couple of famous people that said, well, I, I died and, and all I saw was darkness and, uh, and, uh, there's nothing else. Well, maybe they're in the darkness. Who knows? But for that, for that reason, many, many, uh, had the fear of death. And even today, many have the fear of death. And, you know, they say that the fear of death is probably one of the worst fears that someone can have in their life because they're always, you know, fearful of having an accident, fearful of getting a disease, fearful of dying early or dying young. And um, I heard this funny story, and I don't know if you've heard it or not, but there was a man that, that went to go and see a doctor. He had a checkup, and uh, he went to the doctor, and he wanted to go and see how, how the checkup went and how the results went. So the doctor said, look, mate, you know, I've, I've got some bad news. And then I got some really, really bad news to tell you. The guy's like, well, what do you mean? What, what is it? And he said, well, you've only got 24 hours to live. And he told the, the, the man that. The man's like, what, 24 hours? Wow, what, what am I going to do in 24 hours? I can't even get my life in order. I can't even sort out my life. I can't, I've got all these different affairs that I've got to do. What happens? What? And he's like, what, what can be worse? And he's like, well, the really, really bad news is that I was supposed to tell you yesterday. <laughs> pretty funny story. <laughs> that would have been a pretty bad one, eh? <laughs> but hopefully we live longer than this man, all right? <laughs> but physical death is certain. We know that. A physical death here in this world is certain. And we're, we're, no one is safe from physical death. But our hope in Jesus makes all the difference. Our hope is in Jesus who conquered physical death 
and he conquered spiritual death. So powerful. And the Bible says because Jesus conquered death, those who believe and trust in Jesus also conquer death. Physical death is not the end for a Christian that genuinely follow Christ. First Corinthians talks about physical death no, long, no longer having a sting. You know, that fear, no longer having that sting of, of being fearful of dying or fearful of something happening that could be my ultimate end. We no longer have that fear of physical death. We no longer need to have that fear of spiritual death because Jesus conquered death and now we have a living hope that we too can rise when Christ has risen and we can rise to our new spiritual rebirth and we can rise at the end into his eternal kingdom of heaven. So Peter the Apostle, he wrote about this 30 years after Jesus was risen and after the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, he wrote a letter and these Christians, they were all over Asia Minor and he, he did write it to, to the Christians and he was, and he was trying to help people to help them to understand that circumstances, disasters and disappointments and persecutions and depression and discouragement, it's not the end for you. It's not. And he tells them about this active living hope that we can have in a living Christ. And these verses that uh, we start to get a bit of a glimpse of what the living hope we have in Jesus is. We see it in First Peter 1, 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ, Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. I love that. Because of God's mercy... Because of his great love for us, he gave us that new birth, that rebirth in the Spirit of God, so that we too can become alive, active in our faith, and have an active living hope in the resurrection of Christ. See, sometimes we, we call ourselves Christians and we say that we believe, right? We say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I mean, I was just talking to Vasu before, uh, a lot of dominations, uh, many Christians around the world, but Many say, yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe in Christ. And, but the thing is, we, we, we easily hope and uh, we easily lose faith in circumstances, even though sometimes we can call ourselves a Christian. And the problem is, many like to say they believe, many like to quote scriptures, but knowledge alone of the scriptures, knowledge alone of Christ is not what brings you into that living hope. Knowledge alone won't produce hope. Knowledge alone won't produce that hope that when you put into practice. Living hope is only produced when our knowledge of God turns into a reality and it turns into an active faith that we can live by and not just talked about. See, one of the greatest strengths that we have in a Christian life is hope. It's a living hope. You see that all humans, we all are born with a hope. And throughout our lives, even as a non-Christian, we hope for things. We hope for different things that will happen. We hope for certain events that will happen. We hope for, you know, uh, change in circumstances. We hope for a stroke of luck 
or some sort of wishful kind of thinking. We hope. We hope for a personal breakthrough of some kind. We hope for things to go on to our favor. And the only issue with that kind of hope in these external circumstances and in these external changes is that it can be, our hope can be up and down sometimes because it's all dependent on those external things going on. And sometimes we become unhappy because it doesn't happen the way we expect it. Now, isn't it funny that we expect all these things? We get to the end of our life, it's like, well, I mean, midlife, midlife crisis, no, not midlife crisis, but we get to, and it's like, well, a lot of the things that I expected in life didn't actually happen. A lot of the things that I, I, I thought was going to happen didn't actually happen. And the thing is, if we look to these things, if we look to these circumstances as our source of joy and happiness, it's not going to do too well for us. It will never hold us up. See, Christian hope, it doesn't rely on external circumstances. It doesn't rely on external things for joy and happiness. Christian hope comes from an internal reality of faith. It comes from that internal confident trust and assurance in the living Jesus. With the living hope in Christ, we can deal with past regrets. We can deal with things that we didn't achieve, goals that we didn't get to. We can deal with current difficulties. With the living hope in Christ, it empowers us to move forward, even in the most difficult circumstances. Whatever life can throw at us, we can still have hope. A Christian can live with true eternal peace, or internal peace and eternal peace, and true internal joy, regardless of what we do or what we don't do, regardless of what we have, what we don't have. Living, the living and resurrected Jesus is the source of our joy. It's the source of our living hope. And we can be sure of an eternal kingdom, as it says in verse 4, uh, which I've read out before, and into an eternal and imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. See, the eternal, the eternal inheritance we have in Christ, it's not an inheritance like we, we know about here. You know, some, I've seen many families and, and people being broken up because of inheritances that are left behind from family members or, or whatever it might be. You know, I've, I've heard of people being robbed of their inheritance. I've heard of people being cheated of their inheritance, whether it be through family or, or other things that might be happening. You know, an, an inheritance in this world many times have many strings attached. There are many things to it, many things that could affect us and hurt us and betray us, or even people receiving their inheritance and, and blowing it up all on wasteful living. It's happened. But in Romans 8.17, we say that we are, it says that we are co-heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. That means that all God has for Christ in the eternal kingdom is ours for those that believe. How good's that? We have an, inter- an inheritance into an eternal kingdom of heaven that will not waste away. We have an eternal inheritance that is better than anything the world or anyone can offer. It's imperishable. It will never never perish like those kingdoms of this world. It won't decay like a piece of overripe fruit. And which, by the way, we've got more watermelons. So if you're leaving, if you're leaving home, I didn't plan that. But if you're leaving, 
And we do have some watermelons, so please take some. They're for free. We do a, if you, if you're not aware, we do a pantry every Tuesday and we we have access to a lot of free, fresh produce. So a nice little plug there, but yes, you can please take it. Um, we don't want it. It's still good. I had some the other day. Very nice. See, we have, we have an inheritance to a kingdom that won't fade. Like an old shirt that we wash all the time. I mean, I've had some old shirts that I've washed and I liked and I've ever washed them. It does fade, right? <laughs> this world does fade. The things that we have, they do fade. God's kingdom can never be corrupted. God's kingdom can never be destroyed. And the inheritance we have cannot be destroyed. The promise we have in the kingdom of God is kept in heaven for those that believe. The inheritance of eternal life and his eternal kingdom is guarded for us in heaven. That is our future hope. But we have a hope, a living hope right now that we can have. We can live in a living hope right now as we journey this life of faith. See, because our living hope in Jesus, we can place our faith in God's protection. Look at what Peter says in, in 1 Peter 1.5, which is the next verse. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for our salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. See, God's promises will guard you. His power will protect you when you walk in faith with Him. We are guarded by God's power. Isn't that powerful? So powerful that we're guarded by God's power. See, the Bible says in, in the Gospel of Matthew that what, what father wouldn't protect their son or daughter? What father wouldn't protect their child? And in the same way, if a father or an earthly person or an earthly father or a parent, if they don't, if they know how to protect a child, how much more can God do that? How much more can God protect his children? How much more can he protect us? See, there are so many promises that, 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 that are in the Bible that will keep us safe, that God promises to keep us safe. God promises to protect us, that he'll never leave us or abandon us. See, it's no surprise that God's people would write about this over and over again in the Scriptures, that God's people will look to God and continually look to him, regardless of, the, of what they were going through, regardless of their circumstances. They were protected because they believed and they trust in God. Look at Psalm 121. There's so many. I pulled out a few. Psalm 121, 7 to 8. The Lord will protect you from all harm. What a promise. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and he will protect your going, both now, right now, in this life, and forever. Sometimes we think, well, God's going to protect me when I die. Well, no, God will protect you right now. He will protect you right now. The Bible says he will protect you in the morning. The Bible says God will protect you at night. God will protect you from evil and wickedness. God will even protect you from all forms of demonic attack. Many times God promises and he protects us even when we don't know it, when we don't see it. See, I'm sure right now if we, if we reflect on our lives, if you believed and trusted God for a while, you can think of many times where things have happened that you felt like it was a God moved you or moved you in a different direction. 
whether it was a near miss of danger or an accident. I've been in, in cars when I've shifted lane and, and, and I'm like, I'm glad I shifted lane because something was about to happen and I didn't even think about it. You know, many times you can think about where God would, would have protected you from a wrong decision in your life, a wrong business decision, a wrong career move, something, or even entering into the wrong place at the wrong time or entering in the right place at the right time, coming to church, hearing the Word of God and worshipping Him. Right place, right time. Being encouraged by Him. I've heard so many examples, and I have so many of my own, where God has protected. And when I only when I think back, I'm like, oh, wow, that I'm so glad I didn't go that way because the Lord was protecting me. God's promise is God's protection. God will protect those that have faith and trust in Him. You look at Psalm 37, 23 to 24. A person's steps are established by the Lord and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed because the Lord supports him with his hand. See, sometimes we think that we're holding on to God, but actually it's God holding on to us. You know, when I, when I walk across the road with my kids, I'm like, kids, hold my hand. But you know what? If they let go and they get distracted, guess who's holding it? I am. Sometimes we think of that of God too. Sometimes we think, well, God, I'm holding on to your hand. But hey, you know what? Even when you get distracted, even when the storms of life come into your life, God still got you. God still got you. We thought that we're holding on to him, but in fact he's holding on to us. The Lord supports those that has faith and trust in Him, and He directs every one of their steps. So good. You might find yourself in trouble right now. In your life right now, you might find yourself in trouble. You might have fallen into a hole. I encourage you to have faith. Trust God. Take it one day at a time. You will not be overwhelmed. Trust Him. He will support you. We don't need to be afraid. God is holding on to you. God is holding on to you by, by your hand. In Isaiah 41.10 it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. See, as a Christian, we don't live in a little faith bubble. We're not exempt from circumstances that have in our life and that happen in our life even though sometimes we like to think so even though sometimes we have this imaginary thing well I have faith everything's going to be fine well we're not exempt troubles will come Jesus said in the gospel that troubles will come and we aren't shielded from life's circumstances we aren't shielded from life's troubles we live in a broken dark world that's the reality of it we live in a world where Nothing's perfect, and it never will be perfect. And there will never be world peace. Never be that. It'll never happen. Bad things are going to happen to good people. But one thing that we can be assured of is that God will protect us. God will protect those that have faith in Him, even through our troubles, even when we fall. We can remain standing. We can remain and keep moving forward. We can keep trusting, keep enduring, keep persevering, and we can overcome. See, God will protect you. 
God will strengthen you. God will help you. God will always be with you. God will never abandon you. God will work all things out for good to those that love God. I'm reminded of that scripture, Romans 8.28. Beautiful, powerful scripture. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. See, your love for God, your faith in the living Jesus is your protection. Your faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ will protect you. And it will also protect your eternal place with God in heaven. See, Peter the Apostle continues in his letter to say that the faith we have, the living hope we have in the living Jesus, gives us a great joy regardless of our circumstances. We see it in 1 Peter 1-6. to You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. Peter the Apostle is saying we can rejoice in Christ, our living hope. We can live a life full of joy. We can live a life full of happiness, regardless of any of life's circumstances, regardless of what's going on around you, on the outside of you, when we have full faith in Christ, a living hope. Trials can cause us temporary grief. And yes, that's true. Things happen in our lives. We get grieving. We, we grieve and we need to grieve. And it's important that we do grieve. They can cause some temporary pain for a period. But the Bible says that our faith, our faith, our belief in Christ is actually our victory. In 1 John 5, 4, it says, everyone who has been born of God that is, everyone that believes in God and trusts in God, conquers the world. Does that mean we're going to go around sword fighting and machine guns? No. Conquers the world. This is the victory that, that has conquered the world. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith conquers the world. Our faith conquers our world. Our faith conquers all of our doubts, all of our fears, all of our worries. Our faith conquers all of our troubles. Our faith conquers all of our situations, all of the darkness that could be surrounding us. Our faith will cause us to be full of joy regardless of our circumstances. See, in fact, if we become bitter, or if we choose, sorry, if we choose not to become bitter in these circumstances, if we choose to continually walk through these trials in life and have faith, Our joy will be strengthened. Our character will grow in Christ. Our faith will be strengthened. Even though there'll be plenty of losses and pitfalls and failures. And even in those moments, we will find new life, a new life in Christ, and we'll find joy through it all. See, a stroke of luck, (laughs) a stroke, a, a personal breakthrough, a change in circumstances can only bring us happy, temporary happiness. But an active faith in Jesus Christ releases a joy in our soul, a smile in our face, regardless of what's going on. We cannot be shaken when we have faith in our living Christ. We have a confident, a confident assurance in that inner strength that Christ brings. We know that God is in control. We know that God gives us that living hope. God holds us by his own hand. He will protect us. He will turn it all around for good. Our joy will not diminish, even in our circumstances. 
our joy will always remain strong when we're rooted in the living Christ and in that living hope of the resurrected Jesus. So how do you get this active, real and living hope in our lives? See, God done everything humanly impossible. He did it all. There was the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Humanly impossible to be resurrected. But Christ did it all. And all we need to do is believe. All we need to do is genuinely trust. Not just say it with our mouth, but genuinely believe it with our heart and put it into practice. By doing that, we begin that journey of Christ or that journey of faith in Christ. We entrust ourselves into Him. We commit ourselves to our Father. So would you bow your head right now? And I want to give you an opportunity. Bow your head, close your eyes, just to give everyone an opportunity for themselves. Just want to give you an opportunity right now. If you'd like to begin this journey of faith, whether it's your first time, whether it's your second time, whether you've been away from God for a while, and you'd like to recommit your heart to Him. Would you pray this prayer from your heart right now? Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart you died for my sins and you were raised from the dead. I believe you are alive. I ask that you would help me and protect me forever. I thank you for the living hope I have in the living Christ. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, we'll love to get in contact with you. Please come and see us at the end. We'll love to give you a Bible and help you in your journey of faith. Could I ask the worship team to, to come up and, and join me? Would we, would you please stand and let, let me pray for you as the, the team come up. I'll pray, we'll worship, and then um, we'll get into the baptisms in a moment. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for your word right now, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the death, for the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you that, Jesus, you are alive. You are alive. Our living hope in the living Christ. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're for us. We thank you that you give us an active faith, an active living hope. Thank you that you took the sting of death from us. Thank you that you raised up, you were raised up. And because of that, we were raised up in a spiritual rebirth and also a place in heaven. Thank you, Father, for your mighty hand of protection. And you, Lord, walk with us. You hold our hand. Jesus, you hold our hand. Even those times when we've been distracted in our lives or we've thought that you weren't there, even the times when we felt abandoned and lost, your word says that you were holding our hand like a mighty father, like a loving father. Thank you for always being there for us and never abandoning us. Even 
in those times when we couldn't see it. Thank you for working all things out for good. And you brought us here to this very moment, hearing about you and being encouraged in our faith.